Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org, this is a remote edition of Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer, and my guest today is the pianist and composer known as Black Bach, spelled B-L-K-B-O-K. Born Charles Wilson III in Detroit, he has created a, a style of classical crossover music for the piano that blends his own experience playing piano for people like Justin Timberlake and Rihanna and John Mayer with his early classical piano training. It's a kind of music that has taken him to some pretty unusual places, as you will hear in our conversation. But before we talk, let's let him play. Here is Black Bach with an excerpt from the deluxe edition of his album called The Black Book. This piece is The Hustle is Real.
That is Black Bach with a performance of his piece called The Hustle is Real, which is from the, uh, well, I guess it's from both versions of Black Book, uh, the original and now the deluxe version. Black Bach, good to have you with us. Thanks. Great to be here, John. So um, tell me a little bit about um, the, the deluxe version of Black Book. It's got 11 poems mm-hmm. by uh, Lauren de la Pena, who is Jamaican, but somehow sounds Irish to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's awesome. So uh, were the poems written specifically, you know, to, to accompany each of the, the tracks on the original record? Yeah, so we basically set out to uh, give the initial Black Book record a twin sister. Some of them refer to some of the original titles of the songs, right? Um, some of the poems, but um, it was just super awesome to work with and collaborate with her, and uh, she nailed it every time. Well, uh, with The Hustle is Real, I mean, that starts off, it almost sounds to me like one of Beethoven's bagatelles, you uh, know, yeah. but but maybe played at like double speed or something. Yeah. Your Your background is in classical music, right? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Detroit, it's not a city we associate with classical music. No, you would think of Motown and techno, and yeah. there's a great yeah. gospel and soul tradition there. Hip hop, of course, Jay yeah. Dilla. And, yeah. Um, so, all of that we associate with Detroit. How did you get into, however far you got in, yeah. to, to classical music? Well, I guess my mother and father uh, f- from the beginning wanted me to have a great foundation. Um, and I guess classical music was the first, uh, point of contact. So around age four, I started with, um, classical piano lessons with a brilliant teacher, Mr. Thomas, Thomas Schwartz. And, um, I studied with Mr. Schwartz until about age 16. And then it became everything else like the jazz scene. I was heavy on the jazz scene in Detroit and, um, studied with some of the Motown musicians, um, blues, everything else, every other genre kind of took over classical. And then I just Mm. kind of departed from uh, that route and went another route. Yeah. And what brought you back? What, what, what led you to create the black Bach persona? Uh, Actually lockdown, COVID and lockdown did it. Um, I was enrolled in a program called the creatives workshop with Seth Godin. And it was a hundred day commitment to write every day. And, and what I hadn't discovered yet was the black box sound. I didn't know what it was going to be. So um, when sitting down and, and really taking account of what I had done in my life, classical music was was the overarching theme of all everything that I had done. So as I started writing, I had no idea what it was going to be. So it's just this is what, you know, this is what arrived. The Black Book album, Black Book Deluxe is what arrived uh-huh. from just me searching into my own creativity. Now, you, you, you referenced, you know, doing other things. I mean, you've played with some pretty big names in the pop music field, Rihanna, yeah. Justin yeah. Timberlake. Yeah. Um, what's it like when the onus is on you to come up with the goods? You know, when you're not playing someone else's, finding your way into someone else's music, but having yeah. to create it from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting. Um, like I said, I had never tried anything like this before. So what you're hearing is basically one big experiment. Um, it somehow worked, you know, it somehow I knew that I had enough creativity and enough imagination uh, to come up with pieces and songs that um, 
would be uh, reflections of how I felt or how things were going on in society or love or relationships or loss or depression and all these different subjects that I touch on in uh, Black Book Deluxe. Well, uh, one of the, the tracks in the deluxe version is called Kendrick and Kareen. Mm-hmm. So a reference presumably to Kendrick Lamar. Yes. And Kareen is the press secretary at the yeah. White House? Yeah, okay. Kareen Jean-Pierre. So oh, okay. um, ironically, on the same date, Kendrick Lamar released a new album and Kareen Jean-Pierre started her first day as press secretary. Um, For me, it was just like a a cultural moment, like a a show of black excellence in two totally different ways. And that really spoke to my heart and to my creativity. So I wrote the piece, Kendrick and Corinne. So that's on the deluxe version of Black Book. Mm-hmm. The uh, original album, clearly a reference to uh, Green Book, the, mm-hmm. the award-winning film about uh, the legendary pianist. Well, he's legendary now. I think a lot yeah. of people first got yeah. exposed to Don Shirley, Don Shirley through, through that. Uh, but yeah. he was an, an interesting guy. And in his day, a black pianist with classical training was often forced to, to do pop music and you know to, to play the jazz or the chitlin circuit or whatever it was because exactly. that's that was what was available exactly yeah so is it materially different for your generation no i see that this is uh black book is a continuation of that legacy saying that you know i had to do everything else but you know i refuse to stay there i'm gonna come back to my roots and back to the things that i actually really love to play and the music that I love to create, and we're going to run down the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is the music? I mean, left to your own devices, just you and the piano, what do you like to play? Oh, man. Uh, I just like to create things that sound and, and emotionally make me feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of my writing process is that, you know, I, I just press record, and then I play things until something really sparks. Sometimes it becomes a piece and sometimes it just stays a fragment that goes into, you know, the, 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 not, I wouldn't say waste bin, but definitely (laughs) the may reference later bin. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how composers have worked for centuries, right? I mean, you know, Bach would sit down and he'd figure something out and, oh, I like that part and he'd turn it into a piece and maybe it wouldn't turn into a piece for another couple of years. Exactly. Sat in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Your drawers are presumably digital now, but... Absolutely. uh, Yeah. Um, The the next piece we're going to hear is November 7th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Now, in Lauren Della Pena's poem that precedes the piece on Mm -hmm. the deluxe version of Black Book, she doesn't specifically reference anything happening on that day. It is the day after the election. So she's taking a kind of almost, she starts with an astronaut Mm -hmm. view of the earth. So taking a kind of global view. What was your point of view in, in writing and naming this piece? Same sort of thing. 
not de- uh, attaching to any um, political party or anything in, in politics, but just seeing a moment where um, people were out on the streets, kind of dancing and rejoicing and and celebrating together. And I just never witnessed that before. Um, a really crazy moment happened in the studio. I was recording. Um, the piece hadn't had a title yet, and I was playing the intro, and uh, the news was on the TV with the sound off, and it just seemed to be the soundtrack for what we were seeing. So that's where it got its title from, you know. And it wasn't about what it actually was happening on the news. It was just that people were celebrating together, and I had never witnessed that before. Yeah. Is that why it kind of goes after the introduction? It goes into a kind of a waltz mode. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. people were literally uh, dancing, I mean, <laughs> dancing. It was so it was strange, but like this really cool moment in like yeah. his, our history. Uh, let's hear the piece. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorite tracks from Black Book Deluxe. It's called November seventh, twenty twenty. Thank you. 
That is a live performance by the artist known as Black Bok, spelled B-L-K-B-O-K. November 7th, 2020 is the name of the piece. We mentioned it before, you know, you're from Detroit, big musical, you know, legacy there. Also a city that's known for its sports. Mm -hmm. And you wrote a piece for Miguel Cabrera, the Detroit Tiger star who joined the 3000 Hit Club. Yeah, that was such an honor to work with uh, the Detroit Tigers in that capacity. Just um, the the really cool thing about um, that piece is just tapping into the intensity that Miguel has when he's on the mound. Like, I mean, when he's at play, he's at the plate. He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. ready. Like his focus is so intense. And that was one of the things I noticed in doing studying to write that piece. an honor to be back in Detroit at the Fox Theater, uh, working with the Detroit Tigers with a Detroit uh, cap on with the old English D on. You know, it was just perfect. It was just a, an amazing day, an amazing uh, event. And then for him to join the 3000 Hit Club um, and it to be played at the ballpark was just an honor. So uh, did you grow up a Tigers fan? Um, I grew up a Pistons fan. Um, okay. All right. I, I'm not a big baseball fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Um, what about uh, other types of music? Are you a fan, by any chance, of Portuguese fado music? I can't say that I am familiar with Portuguese fado okay. music, but okay. I will say this. I am a fan of everything. All right. Well, here's why I ask. Mm-hmm. Fado is, is like the Portuguese version of the blues or Spanish oh. flamenco, so it's very kind of sad and plaintive and the great singer, mm-hmm. the inarguably greatest Fado singer was Amalia. Oh, wow. Full name Amalia Rodriguez. Oh, wow. So when you named this piece Amalia's Ocean and then I heard this little kind of poignant tinge to it, I thought, mm, Fado maybe? Mm. But no, it isn't. No. So, so what? All right, uh, really interesting sonic coincidence. What, yeah. what, what is this piece about? Okay, so this piece was uh, also written during my um, 121 consecutive days of writing um, <laughs> in this workshop, and it just so happened that a fellow student and her mother uh, were listening to the music that I was posting daily, and it became a way for them to kind of connect in a way they hadn't before, and. Uh, it's kind of the first time I learned accountability. You know, it was, you know, uh, you know, Maria and her mother need their music. So I have to make sure I write today. So they have something to listen to while they're having their coffee in the morning. And just from that relationship being formed through this, through the music I was writing, uh, when I finished it, I had no title. And I said, Hey, anybody give me a title. And uh, Maria says, hey, it sounds like an ocean. She says, yeah. And my mom from the other room said he should name it after me. 
<laughs> so I, I, I dared to ask, what's your mother's first name? And she said, Amalia. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful name. So Amalia's Ocean is a reflection of, you know, just using music to bring two people together. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, how repeatable are these pieces? I mean, are, do you have everything written down or do they change from performance to performance? No, it's all written down, sheet music. Um, you know, I study it just like I would study Chopin or, or Mozart or, you know, anyone else. Right. So those jazzy chords towards the end on the album, we can expect to hear those now. Absolutely. All right. Let's, yeah. uh, let's hear Black Bach with a live performance of Amalia's Ocean.
That is Amalia's Ocean, live performance by Black Bach of another track from his album called Black Book, the deluxe version featuring, um, well, it's the original 11 tracks from the original version, plus we mentioned uh, Kendrick and Kareen and Forgotten Girls, another new track. And then, of course, the 11 poems written by Lauren de la Pena in between each of each of the tracks. So it is a deluxe. Uh, it's it's almost like a concept album, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's like a, a, a single thought. I mean, it's many thoughts, but it's a single mm-hmm. journey that we're on. Yeah, exactly. You, you yeah. described this before as kind of you discovering what the black box sound would be. Now that you've discovered it, have you had the chance to play this music live much? Yeah, I have. Um, I've done uh, a couple. Oh, last month I did a performance at MoMA, which was um, on here my in New list. York. Yeah. yeah, here in yeah in New York, and uh, I also uh, this month have Dallas Symphony Orchestra coming up. I'm back in Detroit at the Aretha in August. Um, I also played New York at uh, Joe's Pub. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I've had a chance to play these pieces. So uh, then let me ask, what does your audience look like? I mean, are you reaching the black community with this music? I am reaching a highly diverse community, which is what the intent is. Um, the, the The beauty of having songs without words is that I'm not dictating a narrative to the listener. I'm allowing them the space to create and view and visualize and have their own personal experience. You know, I've had, you know, small children, you know, relate to this music and I've had adults and grandparents relate to this music. So um, it's just a a real honor to be able to get in front of an audience and just uh, give them experience. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned little kids. I mean, you started playing the piano when you were four. Uh, Did you have black role models at age four, five, six, you know, that you could look up to that were doing this sort of thing? Yeah, I had one black role model. I have a cousin. His name is Dr. William Banfield, and he's a composer. He was also a professor at uh, Berkeley and at Indiana University, but he was always kind of the example of, you know, being able to actually be a composer and composing for the symphony and compose. He's a guitarist, so he's uh, composed for the guitar and um, he was kind of like the guy that I would say, oh, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you're providing that for another generation of young kids. Yeah, I hope so. Black Bach, the album is called Black Book, the deluxe version. Really pleasure talking with you. Thanks for performing some of these pieces for us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Check out the videos of Black Box live performances for us. They're on our YouTube channel, the New Sounds YouTube channel, and of course right here on the website, newsounds.org. These Soundcheck podcasts are produced in the studios of WNYC. Our technical director is Irene Trudell, our producer Karen Havlick. I'm John Schaefer. See you next time.